Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited for today's episode. We have Dr. Heather Stone with us, and she is an expert in hypothyroidism and Hashi's, and um, she has a thyroid blueprint transformation and just all this stuff that I'm really excited we're going to talk about today. We're, we're really going to dive deep into seven pillars you need to know to follow to bring your autoimmune disease into remission. And I just think this is so important because if we can make it simple, it makes it easy to follow. So Heather is going to walk us through all of that. And I'm just super excited. So Dr. Stone, will you please introduce yourself and kind of just share your story? Like what brought you to being specialized in thyroid disorders and all of that? Yeah. So I'm Dr. Heather. That's what my patients call me. I practice functional medicine and I've been practicing functional medicine for over 20 years now. For me, my whole journey started with my own health story and my own health issues. Um, I was dealing with all of the symptoms that most women deal with, with fatigue. And it was really hard for me to lose weight. And, um, you know, I was tired. I had constant headaches all the time. And, you know, this was before Dr. Google, but I was in pre-med at the time and I kind of really was like, okay, I must have a thyroid problem. So I, you know, get an appointment with one of the best OB-GYNs. And at the time that was in Austin and I go in and I tell them all my symptoms and I say, you know, I work out a lot. I, you know, can't lose weight. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think I might have a thyroid problem. He's like, okay, well, let's run your, let's run your labs. Well, Back then, I didn't know enough and I didn't know to ask questions or anything like that. But I go back in a week and he's like, well, your labs look good. And I never asked for my labs. I never looked at my labs or I don't know what he ran. I'm assuming he just ran a TSH at that time. And he was like, everything looks good, you know, and he was like, I think, um, you know, maybe, oh, I was not having a period at all. So my menstrual cycle was all a mess. And I told him that. And, and he said, well, I think your menstrual cycle is messed up because you work out too much. And I was like, wait a second. I think he's telling me that when your body fat gets too low, like you lose your menstrual cycle. <laughs> but that did not make sense for anything that I was dealing with because I was overweight. And so on one hand, I'm very thankful that he told me that because at least in that moment, I was like, okay, whatever he's saying doesn't make sense. And I'm going to have to go figure this out on my own. And as I was leaving his office, he was like, oh, and by the way, you're probably not going to be able to have children. Naturally, you're going to need some fertility treatments. And I'm like, okay. What? And he just like turns and walks out. I'm like, this was a terrible visit <laughs> at the time. It was terrible. Now I'm like, thank God for that visit, because that set me on this journey where I was like, this is not going to be my life. This is not what I envisioned my life to be. So I really need to figure this out. And in the time, 
I was pre-med and I didn't really know which direction I thought I was going to be a dentist maybe and I maybe work as a, a medical doctor in the ER or whatever. But this made me, you know, go down a path, which number one, I figured out my own issues. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there are millions of women who are still dealing with this stuff and they have no idea the, how easy it is to start reversing um, these symptoms and disease processes um, if they just had that information. So that's kind of what got me here today and why I am super passionate about helping women who have low thyroid issues because I used to be one of these women myself. And I think, um, you know, the journey's never over. It's a, a lifelong journey that we're all dealing with. And so I'm still on the path and I'm still on the journey. I'm just a few years ahead of most of the people that I'm helping. Your story is incredible. We, I feel like in the holistic world, we all kind of start with our own health crisis and we do the research and we find out we do all the trial and error. And then we kind of like want to help others, right? Your story with the doctor is everybody's story with autoimmune disease and thyroid issues and all of that. Like, and it's, it's beyond frustrating. And yeah, we don't know what we don't know. But in today, we do have Google and we have social media. <laughs> and so we have this like plethora of too much information at our hands, I think, because I see a lot of bad advice out there where I'm just like, I would not recommend that. And maybe it's because it worked for them. I, I don't know. But I love that you're able to relate to our stories. Like, I mean, how many women is what's what an average of three years and five doctors or something like that to get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And we're constantly dismissed and told that we're crazy. And here's an antidepressant and all of this stuff. Like, and so it's so great that you were able to go this functional route and really help people. So you said that it's pretty easy to reverse. And, you you know, we talked about there's seven pillars. I would love to start diving into those because I feel like it, they're, we're relating. And so now let's just give them, let's give them something to start somewhere to start. Yeah. So yes. And it's interesting because I had basically that one experience and I'm like, oh my God, this is just crazy. There's no, I'm going to figure this out. And yes, it took me a long time to do that. And fortunately I wasn't in a place where I was in an acute phase where I didn't need medicine at that moment. So I had time to figure it out, but yes, Most ladies that see me, it's like, I'm their third, fourth. One lady was like, you're doctor number 22. I hope you can help me. I'm like, well, I really pray that there's not a doctor number 23. So let's get to work here because that is my goal is to really give them the solutions and the answers that they're looking for so they can stop this craziness. So let's get into the blueprint um, first or now. And the first pillar of the blueprint, which I think is so important is to number one, set your goals. And because if we don't set our goals, it's like, we're just kind of aimlessly wandering and grasping at straws for the next, you know, Facebook or Instagram ad. And we fall for everything because I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. (laughs) So we're just trying all sorts of things and we don't have a direction and a path that we're going. Also, what I think is really important is not only do we set goals, but we set our motivation. So like, why are we wanting and trying to achieve those goals? Because I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding about how our health works because we have been marketed to 
And we've been indoctrinated to think that we should have overnight results, that we should lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And I think so many women, because we're focused on the wrong thing, or maybe we don't have deep motivations, we give up so easily. We give up like right before we actually make big breakthroughs or we start that same cycle, the hardest part of that health journey over every single month, because we give up and we slide down and we start over. So the first pillar, which is super important, is to have very measurable, specific goals. But then you've got to get really deep into the motivations of why you're trying to achieve those goals. And it's not weight loss, right? It's like, it's like, okay, well, why do you want to lose weight? Like what, what's really important for you? How's that going to change your life? How's the quality of your life changing? What are you living for? What are you passionate about? Like all those things are the deep motivation to why you want to achieve those goals that keep you going. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking and, and you you beat me to it was most when I think about like goals and stuff, the goals that when people come to me, they're like, oh, I want to lose weight. And, yep. you know, um, I want to have, you know, clear skin and I want my hair to grow back. And, you know, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I think it's really hard when you're starting this journey to even know what goals are, because we know yep. what we've been told, but it's like, what are the goals? And the goals are to feel better and to not feel like we're going crazy, you know? And so, you know, really a lot of people don't even know what's possible, right? Like, you know, when you're looking at someone and they can barely make it through the day, but then their goal is like to have clear skin. I'm like, is that really going to change your life? Or how about we have consistent energy all day long where you feel amazing and you're sleeping well at night. And they're like, you can do that. I'm like, no, you can, <laughs> you can do that. And it's possible. Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, I was. That's what I'm when I think I'm like, I'm like, when they're listing all of their struggles, and then they're like, I want to lose weight, have clear skin and hair again. I'm like, those are those are definitely going to happen. But what about all these other things that you have? Like, you're not stuck with these. Yeah, right. And so I think I, I think I would say as a coach to like, as you have these goals, it's okay for them to shift mm -hmm. as you get more into it. Cause you'll find that the outside doesn't matter as much as the inside. Cause the outside will be a byproduct of the inside and the yeah. healing that takes place. But it, yeah, it's almost like we're afraid to ask for what we really want because we don't think it's possible. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing when you really, and we're going to talk about, you know, pillar two and three, but when you get down to the root cause of why you have symptoms, then the body has the ability to heal. And so I think that we, because of our traditional medical system, um, women are told that th this is just what happens when you have low thyroid, like this is life, like get used to it, stop complaining. Um, and then, so then they start focusing on the outward appearance instead of how the body's actually functioning. And yes, when you start healing from the inside out, then yes, your hair starts growing back and your skin clears up and your nails get stronger. But um, we should challenge um, the, li the listeners to really dig deeper and to expect more because you're not supposed to live with symptoms. No, no, absolutely not. And I think we both have seen hundreds, if not thousands of people, women, be symptom free, asymptomatic, right? Like yeah. it's absolutely possible, but I think it's almost scary to hope for when we've been told that we're stuck with this. Yeah. And a lot of women have so many 
what they consider failures, right? So, you know, every time they get let down, they, it almost, you know, you know, reinstates that, oh, you can't heal. And this is the way life is supposed to be. But if we look at failures as failing forwards and learning steps and stepping stones, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. You just learned something that didn't work. So we got to try something new. <laughs> yep. I, I love that approach. That's the approach I used on my own health journey. It was like a seven year trial and error, <laughs> like you know, yeah. but I felt like I never felt as bad as I had felt before. So it yeah. was definitely failing forward. And I think, I think that as we heal, we don't realize that we're feeling good until we have a bad day. Yep. Right. So it's, it's weird because, you know, as we go through life for most of us, especially women, because we have kids that we take care of for a lot of us, we've got jobs, we've got duties at the house. We've got all these things that we have to do. And we just push forward because there's no option to not take care of your kids. Like you just do it the best that you possibly can. You may not be thriving in it, but you're pushing forward and you're doing what needs to be done. And so we start resetting our normal, right? Like we forget what, how good we could feel because we have to reset where we're at so we can get through the day. And then that normal starts to shift, but it's really slow over time. It's kind of like, you know, when your body composition starts changing and you start working out and and you get more toned, it's hard to tell unless you were documenting and taking pictures like months or even years, you're like, oh, I have come a really far way. Yeah. (laughs) But it's to notice unless you're actually documenting and keeping track of very specific subjective things. Which is why goal setting is so important. And, and I would, uh, does like, having me- like me- measurable tracking fall into the goal setting when you work with people. Yeah. So that leads us into pillar number two. Okay. So after we have goals and we set our motivations and we're like, okay, this is a journey. This is a lifelong thing. This is not over in 30 days. Then you have to have comprehensive testing, right? So if you don't have comprehensive testing, it's really difficult to know actually why you have a symptom. So a symptom is a blessing, right? So when you have a symptom, it's your body's way of communicating with you saying, Hey, something's not quite right. Something is out of balance here. Something needs to be addressed. And so you have to have very comprehensive testing. And for the most part, when you go into a traditional doctor or your endocrinologist, this is why patients go to three, four, and five different doctors is because they run the standard of care for thyroid right? You come in with a list of thyroid symptoms and they run a TSH. And if you're lucky, they'll do a TSH with a thyroid panel, which is a total T4, an FTI and a T3 uptake. That's not comprehensive testing. (laughs) That is like the bare minimum of testing. There's actually 12 different thyroid markers, but beyond that, we have to look at blood sugar and underlying infections and hormones and food sensitivities and um, toxins and Um, you know, mycotoxins and mold and heavy metals, like there's, you have to do extensive testing and stop only looking at the thyroid because the thyroid plays such a huge role in your overall health. And one of the things that we fall in the trap of is looking at our body in a compartmentalized way, as if the thyroid works by itself and it does not at all. And in fact, the thyroid is the only hormone that has a receptor site on every single cell in the body. 
And if we don't look at liver function and hormone function and adrenal function and and blood sugar, you're never going to find the answers. So, you know, you have to have comprehensive testing first. Um, and, And so that's pillar number two, and not just comprehensive testing of the thyroid, but comprehensive testing of your whole body. And I think where, where we fall here is we start to apply a solution before we know where the problem is. And so we're guessing, and then we end up the patient who has bag full of supplements. I used to giggle, not that I was laughing at my patients, but I was laughing with them because anytime I used to see a patient in the, the waiting room with like bags of supplements, I'm like, oh, she's a thyroid patient. <laughs> before I would even look at the intake paperwork, because that's what we do. We go to vitamin cottage and, or, you know, sprouts or whole foods or whatever. We start picking off the supplements for a symptom without having an understanding of where the symptom is coming from. And so then we end up with a giant cabinet or bags full of supplements and we get really frustrated. Yeah. And it's expensive and we're spending three, $400 a month on supplements and, um, you know, so to talk about the testing, I'm a big fan of test don't guess. I've worked with lots of practitioners over the years, and I find that the, the clients that have the best outcomes and the fastest outcomes are the ones who are not guessing, you yeah. know, and if you're spending three or $400 a month in supplements, then it's worth the upfront investment to pay for the tests, which are always cash pay because they're not they're You're not disease level. Right. And so they're per, they're considered preventative insurance doesn't cover them. So, you know, it's an upfront investment that people usually kind of like, like, like people are scared to spend the money on. But we, I think in our, uh, you probably explained this too, like in our field, we're a pyramid where the upfront and the investments up is largely upfront. And then we work ourselves out of a job, (laughs) you know, where allopathic is an upside down pyramid where it's like minimal co-pays. And then you see the specialist, it gets a little more expensive and then you have to see more specialists and then, you know, and, and, and you're getting sicker and sicker and the cost goes up over time and it never ends. Right. It just keeps yeah. going. Um, I always said that my business model was a terrible business model because my job is to empower you. We want to get you well and then to teach you how to keep going on your own. I'm like, I don't necessarily want to be your doctor forever. <laughs> like I want to see you yeah. succeed and you can check in, but. I just need you to get better. I, that's how I would want to be treated if I was in the healthcare model. So yes, it's, I'm not trying to create customers for life and see people get sicker over time. If we did the opposite, I think our, all of our lives would be better. I agree. And I will say like my daughter has celiac disease and she was diagnosed at two. She's in the allopathic model, right? Um, we have a wonderful GI who get, who looks at, I mean, it's very, very basic thyroid, but looks at her thyroid every year. We'll check her vitamin levels and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and f- from those, I can deduce if she's having GI, you know, if there's, you know, if I, I know enough that I can look at them and like, I can tell if she's having absorption issues or, you know, something like that. She has no symptoms of, of thyroid stuff, but celiac disease and, and, and Hashi's go hand in hand. Right. And a lot of people don't think about like, when you look at thyroid, it can actually be a leaky gut or it can be a liver, you know, a sluggish liver. It can be that your adrenals, you've been stressed out for so long. And I think people don't know that, again, everything is related. So I love that that's your your approach. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. I'll have, you know, family members or friends come to me and they'll be like, Heather, 
I have all these symptoms. What do you think? What do you think? What supplement should I take? I'm like, oh my, I have no earthly idea. <laughs> do you know how many imbalances could cause fatigue? Right. Like it's like a gajillion things. I don't even know where to even begin to start with you. So if you want to do testing, I'm more than happy to look at it, but it's like, I can't even really treat because I want to make sure the advice I'm giving is based on data and not just me guessing because yes, you can clump some things together, but again, you're just guessing. And, and if you get lucky, I, I just don't like to get, uh, I don't like to depend on luck for people's healthcare for sure. Yeah, I found the spaghetti against the wall thing makes for a really long, frustrating journey. Yes. You, you Again, you will move forward. I mean, as you clean up your diet, as you clean up your water, as you make sleep a priority and, you know, adjust your movement and things like all those things are foundational. Yep. But, you know, if you have some, there are things that go on that food cannot take care of. That's right. Right. You know, and I think that people want food to be like this magic bullet and it can be, but not, all, but usually we need guidance to, to get there. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I always tell patients, you can't really transform your health without changing your diet, but diet alone isn't enough to transform your health. Like it's a, a very important component of the overall picture. And without it, you're going to, you're not going to get there, but it, but it's not the only thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I focus on food and meal plans and stuff, but I always say like, this is just like, I'm just helping taking care of the hard part, yeah. like, but it's not the only part. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is a very hard part. And this is where, I mean, not only nutritional supplementation, but dietary advice is crazy on, you know, Instagram and it's the latest fad, one thing after another. And, you know, all of those fads aren't necessarily what these types of patients should be doing, like extreme fasting or major keto and however they're doing keto. And even though sometimes it's good, but other times it's not good. So the, the misinformation and the sea of information that they have to go through to find what they need is, is really difficult. Yeah. So um, I think this moves us into pillar number three. So pillar number two is extensive testing. Um, and pillar number three is a comprehensive diagnosis and analysis, right? So you have to have someone that knows how to analyze the labs not just from a disease drug therapy model, which is kind of where a lot of people are struck and stuck and they get a lot of frustration there because the doctor looks at their labs and they're like, everything's fine. But what they're saying is that you don't have any diagnosable disease that I can give you a medication for. And so many people with autoimmunity fall into this, this uh, path. And it's so frustrating because number one, they're not looking at the test that would tell us what the diagnosis is. And number two, they're just diagnosing diseases because that's how they're trained, right? But if you look from a functional perspective where we take lab ranges and we say, okay, if you fall outside of these lab ranges, which I could go on a, tra a rabbit trail there, but we won't. Um, but if we squish them into optimal functioning ranges, not just like, do we not have a disease, but how, where should a human being be in an optimal range for optimal function. So that's where you find the imbalances, right? That's where you find, oh, all of these connections, like maybe you underconvert T4 to T3. And well, then you ask, well, why is that? Oh, you have a liver issue, right? Or you have um, malabsorption, or maybe you have a leaky gut and 
you know, like all of these connections start to happen and you kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together, but you have to go outside of that disease drug therapy model in order to really get the answers for where your symptoms are coming from. And then after that is where you start to apply the solution and it's customized care. And that's pillar number four, um, because everyone is unique. Now, certainly we all have very similar patterns, right? I probably could guess about 50 to 70% of the patterns that most women are dealing with. But again, I don't guess. And to the severity of what priority they're in will, uh, will vary depending on the individual person. And so I like to um, hit the kingpin. So like, what can I do that's the highest priority that's going to make the biggest movement and allow the body to heal so I'm not nitpicking at every single little imbalance? Like the body can heal. Sometimes it just needs you to remove interference or decrease toxins or help with all of their detoxification or maybe take out a food sensitivity so their gut can start healing. But you have to really customize care for each person. There is no autoimmune um you know, treatment plan. There is no Hashimoto's treatment plan, which there's a lot of that being sold <laughs> online, right? It's like, here, do this detox. Your life will totally change. I'm like, well, may that's maybe one component and it's important, but it's not going to, it's not going to be a silver bullet. And I think that's, you know, there is no silver bullet when we're dealing with our health and functional medicine, especially when we have to customize care on the back end of that. Yeah. I And I think this is where people run into frustration because they're used to a pill for every ill, yeah. right? You take your antibiotic, you feel better in 10 days. And when it comes to autoimmune disease, the, 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 uh -huh, the, the thing that's getting in the, the way of your body being able to functional to function optimally really does vary person to person. It might be toxin exposure, you know, whether it's mold and, you know, or other environmental toxins, you know, or it's elimination problems, or, you know, maybe we're dealing with MTHFR, other genetic components that are sluggish or slow down that need extra support. And it's like, you can't, you, like, yeah, again, you can guess on your own, but it's going to make for a very long, slow journey and very yeah. frustrating. And yeah. a lot of people want to because it's quote unquote free, right? or very low cost in their mind because it's only a $50 supplement or a $100 supplement, which feels a lot better than maybe spending, you know, $800, $1,500 in tests, depending on how extensive the testing is and all of that, right? Like it kind of feels like a, a, an easier pill to swallow. But if you're guessing at everything in a year, you're going to spend four or five grand easy on yeah. just different foods and different diets and different meal plans and different supplements and different, you know, this, that, and the other in time. And you're yeah. feeling crappy that whole time, you know? And I think that this is one of my passions to really, I love that we're on the same page with this. It's one of my passions to like really get people to understand that, like, I understand it's expensive and I understand it's a tough pill to swallow, but if you want to feel better quickly, getting customized care for you and your history and where like I grew up on military bases like the stuff coming out on the toxins and stuff in military bases is <laughs> insane right yeah. and it's like that has to be taken into account and 
you have, and then that helps with testing. So, so you get the, the proper test that you need to be able to get evaluated properly. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that you're either going to pay now for your health or you're going to pay later for your disease or sickness. And I can assure you that paying for, to manage a disease or a sickness is going to cost 10, 15, a hundred times more than it is going to cost you to get your health together. And I think sometimes we don't understand that, or we may think that um, we're not going to be that person or, you know, and I don't know why we would think that if we're not feeling well now. <laughs> right? right. And I also think that people think that their insurance would cover disease and, and illness. But in reality, I see people having to sell their houses because they can't afford just the medication that it requires that Medicare's not covering. And so I think if we kind of came out of it and we said, all right, I want a better quality of life. And what is that going to take? Well, the sooner that you can get healthy and maintain that, the least amount it's going to cost you in the long run. And we have to, we have to start thinking about our health is an investment. Spending and, and getting your health together is an investment. It is not an expense. And so, you know, what is the price? What is the price of being healthy now versus sick later? What is the price of not being here with your grandkids or participating or not getting out of bed? And I also find as women, a lot of times we have a hard time putting our health as our number one priority. And we have a hard time with our self-worth, which makes it difficult for us to spend money on testing. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that I really work on with patients is making sure that their health is their number one priority. And this is not easy because we've been taught and trained and we've watched and, you know, genetically, you know, as women, we put everybody in front of ourselves. And sometimes that can be the most socially acceptable excuse for not taking care of ourselves is, you know, I have to take care of everybody else. But in reality, if you would realize that if you don't have your health, you cannot fulfill your responsibility well as you should and could. So, you know, it's just improving your um, uh, your worthiness, right? Improving and making sure that your health is your number one priority and having an understanding that spending money on testing is an investment no matter what the result is, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you find something out or you find nothing out it's at least you cross something off the list and now you continue with your journey. So testing is a must. And, you know, I don't know about you, but with my health insurance, they never pay for anything. And I often wonder like, what in the world do I even have this for? And of course, I don't typically use traditional health insurance. I have it there for emergencies, but I think a lot of us think that, you know, insurance is going to cover it. And usually their, their job is to find every way they can to deny it. <laughs> yeah. So it, the more that we take care of our health now, the more responsibility and the more control we have over how our life unfolds in the future. Yeah. And I will say, like, I haven't had insurance for over a decade because like when Obamacare came out, I lost the the health insurance that I had, which I thought was actually pretty good at the time. Cash pay was just cheaper. <laughs> Like my mom's a medical biller. So if I ever had anything catastrophic happen, I knew that she would help me negotiate it down and get a payment plan and like all this stuff. And I know that's not for everybody. Like my daughter has chronic health conditions. She has a heart defect and the celiac disease and her, her cardiology appointment alone is like 13 grand. 
You know, it's a a 30 minute ultrasound. She gets an EKG. You know, the ultrasound's like the most expensive. Those two things are like super expensive because ultrasound machines are very expensive when they're on. Right. And then, you know, she has to get evaluated by the GS, the GI doctor every year for growth, make sure she's growing properly. They do all the, the testing on her thyroid and all of that, you know, and so it like it can make sense. Right. Um, But even then, if you are healthy, your deduct, your monthly payment is much lower, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're much more likely to cover catastrophic and fight you less because you have been taking care of yourself. Right. Like this is just kind of stuff that we see and we know when um, being in the the medical billing world and my mom venting um, and sharing stories, you know, (laughs) but you know, insurance is a tool in the toolbox. It can be very helpful in catastrophic situations, but it's not going to help anything chronic ever. No. Um, you know, so you're, you're really technically on your own when it comes to the insurance component. So it is better to just, and I think the other thing with women is our, in our culture, men are just like tough it out. Right. Yeah. And so convincing a husband or a partner that I am worth the two to three grand to get answers you know, and getting them to understand that like, it's not just frivolous spending and I just want it to know it, but like, there's actually, this is going to help me keep the house clean and keep the kids going and stay on your schedule and do your dry cleaning and like, make sure that, you know, I can keep contributing to the household. Otherwise I'm going to be on better. So I know people with MS going through the allopathic model who can't work. And so their husband has to work double shifts or take on two jobs and is never home. And the kids are kind of raising themselves because mom doesn't have the energy and it's heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. Like that that's really can be very quick. And they're in their their 40s, like the early 40s. Like yeah. they're young. Right. It's crazy. For me, I always make the spouse attend when I'm going over test results. That is non-negotiable. And I know some women get I a little agitated, like uh, I can make my own health decisions. I'm like, I get it. But your health decisions impact your spouse as well. And what usually comes out of that visit is like I think women lose sight of the fact that their husbands are from on the outside and all they see is like, they don't have energy and they are tired and their sex drive is completely gone and they have headaches all the time. And like, all they see is all those symptoms. And then they go to the doctor and they say, nothing's wrong with you or here's another pill. And the spouse can get very frustrated um, whether they say it or not, because men tend to be fixers, but they don't have any way to help or fix. And so they, they kind of shut down or maybe put up a wall. And when they start to see the test results and they see why, and they see a pattern and then they're like, oh my gosh, this explains every symptom that you have. And then there's a path forward. They feel like, okay, I can be a part of this. And how can I help in this situation? And how is she going to have to change her diet and what's going to be entailed? And they get on board. And so it becomes a support system. And, you know, spouses can be the biggest sabotagers or the biggest supporters. And um, when I work with a patient, I certainly don't want to be working with someone who's sabotaged at every turn. It just gets to be really frustrating. But I find most spouses, when they understand why they get on board and then afterwards, most of the patients are like, thank you, Dr. Heather, for making him come. It was the best thing that he's ever seen. I'm not this crazy person, you know, and at least we have some answers and a direction to move forward. And it, it really helps the relationship. I, I love that you do that. I also like allow spouses and I prefer spouses join in on my sessions as well, just so that they, they understand why 
you know, and a lot of times, sometimes I get lucky and it's just a few tweaks, but a lot of times I'm having to deal, do complete overhauls in households. And the more that I can get the spouse on board, the easier it is for them and the less frustrated they are. And the more likely they feel that they have, they're, they're not being sabotaged at every turn or uh, running into a wall or be, you know, feel like they're, you know, banging their head against a wall, just trying to get better. And, um, so yeah. So what's pillar number five? Okay. Pillar number five is you need a coach. Um, well, it's kind of double-sided. You need a coach who's been there and done that and can give you the path. So it doesn't take you years and years and years to figure this out, but you also have to be coachable because in this day and age, you know, it's, there's just so much information and we want to do kind of like biohacking is huge, but biohacking is for people who are healthy, trying to get to the next level biohacking isn't really for people who are trying to overcome chronic disease first. And then we can start biohacking and playing and, you know, trying to fine tune and tweak things and doing kind of crazy things. But we have to like leave the Instagram stuff aside and then be coachable and follow the path that we know works and back it up by retesting, which is um, pillar number six. So you have the testing originally where we understand what's going on and we talked about this a little bit, is that you have to retest so that you know, oh, look at that. I'm no longer insulin resistant. I couldn't feel it, but I, my blood sugar is better. Insulin resistance is gone. Um, my, um, you know, underlying infection markers are gone. I'm no longer dealing with that bacteria. I couldn't feel it and I didn't know what it was causing, but my energy is better and I'm sleeping better. So you have to retest and I don't retest everything every time, but it just depends on what it is that we're working on and, and using or on the right path. And then we can tweak, Oh, your body's really resolved that now this is the priority and we've got to really go after that. And so um, retweaking is, is pillar number seven, not necessarily with those words, but recustomizing care. Once you look at those labs, because it's, and your body's changing, your body's healing. And we have to look at things in a new time, a new space. I typically redo blood work every 45 to 60 days, because the cool thing is, is that when you hit the number one priority, your body heals fast. And so then we recheck and we keep moving forward. A typical treatment plan for most of my patients is anywhere from six to nine months. And they're like, six to nine months. I've been dealing with this for like 10 years. I'm like, yeah, because you've never been working on the root cause of the issue. And so we have this idea that it's going to be never ending or, you know, it, it can't be resolved. But when you work on the underlying issues and you retest and you continue to customize, then that's what helps patients get better quickly in the most efficient time. Yeah. This is the exact pattern that I've seen works best as Mm -hmm. well. Um, I can, I like had one client come to mind who she was changing the way that she ate. She was taking the, the supplements to help fight the inflammation to address nutritional deficiencies. And so, and she was working out and she just was not feeling better. But then she got her blood work tested and all everything improved, everything improved. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like I had no idea. And then she felt more motivated to keep going. You know, it is. And, you know, a lot of people balk in like six to nine months. You mean it's not going to be 30 days, you know, because we have this like, (laughs) you know, lose 10 pounds in 10 days, you know, antibiotics and we're better. And so six to nine months is really not that long. No, not when you take into consideration how long these women have been dealing with it, right? It's like, 
we do have this false expectation because of marketing, right? That the whole weight loss ind- industry, it's like, if we can get this weight off of you really fast, then um, we can sell it to you. And then when you gain it back, you're going to come back again because you're going to gain it back because you never fix the underlying issue. Right. Um, and so we have this false expectation of how quickly um, the body heals, but we have to realize that the body's not healing when you quickly force the body to lose weight. The body's not necessarily healing when you take an antibiotic. Are you dropping the bacterial load? Yes. But did you just wipe out your whole microbiome and now we have, you still have biofilms and now you created, you know, bacteria that are more antibiotic resistant. So it's like the symptom went away temporarily, but what did that create on the other side of that? And I think it's important um, to realize that the body takes time to heal and what you can override the body's physiology and make a symptom go away temporarily, but it's going to come back because you didn't address the root cause of why you were dealing with it in the first place. And it's like, I created this, or I just had this epiphany the other day. I, it was when I was working out cause I was lifting weights and I was really proud of myself because I was, um, cur- bicep curling 25 pounds. And I remember like two years ago, my youngest son and I were, you know, having a contest to see who could curl the most. And, um, I remember he's like, mom, you could not do 20 pounds. I'm like, I can. So we go down to the gym and I could not do 20. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I could do 15. And he's like, oh my God. Okay. I'm officially stronger than you, mom. I think he was, he was probably like eighth grade or something. So I'm like, okay. So I remember at that time, working with a trainer and that first part of getting your muscles, you know, in tone and in condition is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. It's like you dread the next day. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I know I'm going to be so sore. And it's like, we start this journey, but we don't, we stop right before we actually start to see results in progress. And so then we slide back down and then we're back to lifting 15 pounds again. And you're like, God, if we would just keep going and we would get over that hump, it's much easier for me to lift 25 pounds. than it was for me to start, you know, at 15 pounds because I've been consistent over time. And I think that we stop. So just at the time where we're going to make a big breakthrough or we stop in what's conceived and what's considered a plateau, but our body's just healing on the inside and we can't tell. Mm-hmm. And to your point, that's why testing is so important because we might attach one symptom like weight loss. We might attach our weight to our, how we're doing and how we're progressing with our health. And if we're not, if the scale's not moving, how we perceive it should move. Like some people are like, I need to lose two pounds a week and and then I'll lose this much in the end. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, sister. Like we are not going to do that. (laughs) We're going to take the focus on off of this two pounds per week, this expectation that you pulled out of the air. And we're going to just make it like 20 pounds over nine months. Cause that's about what most people lose, maybe 30 or 40, depending on the patient. But we're going to use measurements about how your physiology is actually working. And we're going to look at your sleeping and your energy and your bowel movements and um, all these other things that we can look at with data to make sure we're judging the right things on, are you moving forward and progressing? Yeah. Um, and like I said, with the, with the retesting, there's progress when you don't feel it. 
Yes. You know, 45 <laughs> to 60 days is really not even enough to start no- seeing phys- out- outward changes at all. Like everybody's like, you know, again, the weight loss is the example like, oh, I'm supposed to lose all this weight up front and then it slows down. I always tell people, especially dealing with autoimmune disease or chronic inflammation, like the inflammation has to calm down before you're ever going to lose weight. Like yeah. you're, you can't lose weight in an inflamed state. Right. A lot of people just take supplements to decrease inflammation, but they don't get down to the root cause. So it, it, it you know, it, it's a double-edged sword. And some people lose weight fast because they have tons of inflammation and we're addressing the root cause but then the fat takes longer and then other people are comparing themselves to them and they have completely different body compositions and underlying issues. So, you know, each person is a unique individual, which is why the customized plan based on your labs is so important. You know, going into this episode today, these were not the seven pillars I expected, but I'm so glad that this is what they were (laughs) because this is such a realistic progression of how, it works on the back end. Like, and yeah. when you do these seven pillars, this is when you're going to make progress and you can very realistically be asymptomatic in six to nine months. Yes. I have worked with tens of thousands of patients at this point. And this is what progresses them and gets them to a place where they're feeling better. They're in much better health. They know how to do it. There is no shortcut to this, to this blueprint. And every patient goes through it in their own unique way, but every patient goes through every step. And I think it's really important that everybody knows that you can't skip a step. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go through each step and you have to check that box before you go to the next step. Otherwise it doesn't work. And, you know, me going through my own health journey, I don't treat myself any different than I treat patients, right? Like if I have a symptom that comes up, I'm like, Oh, I got to go get my labs done because I got to figure out what's going on. I don't, I don't, I don't skip any of those steps. And so it's very important. It's proven. It works almost every single time. And this is how we rarely, why we rarely see a patient fail is because we're not guessing is yeah. because it's very strategic and it's data driven and, and patients are on board because they started with step number one, getting goals and motivations. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing this information. I And I know you have so much to share um, and I would love to have you back on um, and take people deeper. What I love to do is kind of introduce people to a topic and then allow people to come back and like, let's, let's go- dig deeper, right? Because there's only so much information we can do at one time. Um, yeah, for sure. But I do like... Like I said, I just absolutely love that these are the pillars and uh, people can really see why, like, I, again, like with the insurance model, people really balk, like, I mean, I have to test again, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. We, we need to see that these things that were out of whack, if they're, they're coming back into balance, because if they are, then we know we're on the right path. And if they're not, then we know we have to dig deeper. Right. Yeah. I think we're kind of used to like, I, I just am appalled. Sometimes they'll go into their endo and they'll get a a medication change. Like they'll change the dosage. And I'm like, okay, when's your next appointment? In a year. Next year. I'm like, wait, they're not going to check in 30, 60 days. Make sure your TSH is like, what is happening? So they're going to wait a whole year before they ever know like what's going on. And this is why people are in this for years and years and years before they ever get answers. Well, that and it's like, I know people who, who have this happen. You know, they do a blend of allopathic 
and, mm-hmm. uh, and functional or integrative. And medication changes can literally make you feel insane. They make you go yes. insane, you know, and your appointment's not for a year. And, you know, or the medication stops working. And then, you know, I know that like in, in my world, they're like, okay, well, let's try chewing it, you know, crush it up <laughs> and then take it and see if that works or take it at night. You know, like there is that follow up and like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And if it's not working, was that the actual problem or right. <laughs> do we need deeper? Because I know a lot of times they'll just increase the dosage based on the symptoms, not on the labs. And I'm like, wait, they were having symptoms for a reason. And the TSH looks good. And so does T4. What, what else is going on instead of just increasing the dosage? Yeah. I mean, yes, it makes people feel crazy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I just thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this. Um, if people wanted to find you, how do they find you? Um, the best place to find me is on Facebook. I have a group that's dedicated just for thyroid patients. It's called Happy, Healthy, and Lean, um, Women Overcoming Low Thyroid. If they just type in Happy, Healthy, and Lean, they'll see my picture come up and they'll know it's the right group. And I do um, Thyroid Thursday um, every Thursday evening for about 30 minutes. And then I also have master classes and all kinds of things that we do in that group page. Um, and they'll find over 17,000 women there. And it's a great community um, to, co- to come to. And women are on all different parts of the journey. Some patients have been with me um, for 10 years and some people have never met me and they're not my patient. And some people have followed my advice that I give in some of the master classes and they have just really turn their life around, which I find so rewarding. Like I've never actually met this patient and they're starting to introduce and implement, you know, some of the guidelines and they're just, they're doing awesome. So they'll have tons of information there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review? sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend. By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.